Hello, I'm Neil Quigley and welcome to the latest episode of my podcast. This week, a home delivery gone wrong, celebrity juice, an old chat with Gail Porter, what happened when I met Chris Moyles twice and how I once witnessed a celebrity avoid getting a parking ticket for parking on double yellow lines. All on the way this week. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. I, like most of the world now, tend to order quite a lot of shopping online. It's just so easy, isn't it? We're so busy nowadays, we haven't necessarily got time to get to the shops, go and have a look around, try stuff on. We can get home from work and shop about 9, 10 o'clock at night and then get it delivered normally within a couple of days. So I have to confess, I do use Amazon more and more to get things delivered online. The other week, I ordered a new pair of trainers. I've been looking around at getting some trainers for a while, trying to decide which make to get. I had a basic idea of the kind of price range that I wanted to spend. I didn't want to spend over that. I found these great-looking Nike trainers, which I really like. The main reason I liked them is they kind of reminded me of the trainers that Michael J. Fox wore in Back to the Future. Always thought he looked fairly cool. I stopped short of buying the body warmer as well, but I thought, do you know what? I'll have those Nike trainers. They look good. They had them in my size. They were a reasonable price. So therefore, place the order straight away. Then two or three days later, these trainers turn up. I'm quite excited. Open the box. They look great. Look fabulous, just as I thought and hoped they would. Take out the right trainer first. Put it on. Fits a treat. You know how with new shoes and new trainers, normally the first time you put them on, they're uncomfy. You know you're going to have to wear them in. You're going to have to break them in. Straight from the off, right foot went in. It felt so comfy. I thought, I'm going to love these trainers. They are brilliant. Then I take out the left trainer out of the box. And as I go to try and put my foot in that, it suddenly seems a lot tighter. And I'm thinking, well, that's odd. That's weird. I've been shoe shopping now for many years and I definitely know I haven't got one foot massively bigger than the other. So I was a bit confused. I thought, oh, well, maybe these sizes come out weird or it's just this one particular maker trainer, different sizes just for their size range. This confuses me for a few seconds, but I squeeze my left foot into the left trainer and I'm thinking, this is really tight. This is really uncomfortable. I can feel the blood draining from my foot and I'm thinking, this isn't right. So I take the trainer off and look at the sizes. The right trainer I tried on first was my size, a size 7. Perfect. I then looked at the left trainer and it was a size 6, a whole size smaller. Somehow they managed to get two different sizes of exactly the same trainer and put them in the same box and send them off to me. I was a bit gutted, if I'm perfectly honest. I was really looking forward to wearing those trainers out. Therefore, I got straight on the internet to organise the return. Explaining what had happened, that somehow they managed to send me two trainers in the same box of completely different sizes, which was a shame because when I placed the order, I expected to get two trainers exactly the same size, size 7, the size I wanted. It is being sorted out, but the initial order I placed for the trainers came within four days. This replacement order is apparently going to take around three weeks and I'm just hoping they're exactly the same size. While online shopping can be useful, can save us time, can be quick, easy and simple, it could also be a bit of a pain because if I'd actually gone to a shop and tried on the trainers in the shop, I would have walked out with two trainers the same size. Is it going to put me off shopping online? Of course it isn't. I'll be straight back doing that probably this weekend. But it is a bit of a pain that I've got to wait a little bit longer for these trainers. Especially because the main reason I ordered them online was to get the initial pair back quickly because my current trainers have got a big hole in them. And when you live in England and it's always raining, that is not an ideal combination. Neil Quigley. 
I did watch the live Celebrity Juice edition this week. I wasn't sure. I like the programme. I'm a big fan of Celebrity Juice. It's very funny. It's a bit risque at times. But the live version, I thought this time, it just didn't work. It was clunky. They were talking all over each other. Things weren't quite hitting as you'd expect. It was chaotic and it wasn't quite as funny as it normally is. The beauty of that show normally is when it's being recorded, they can talk for hours, they can push things, they can really say a lot of things that won't get on the TV, but just ramps up the fun, gets the people actually on the show to relax. That never happened with the live show, never quite got going. I've been lucky enough to go and see a couple of Celebrity Juices filmed at the Elstree Studios where they do them. It's always a great night they get some fantastic guests on there bearing in mind how mad and how crazy that show is and how more than likely you're going to get embarrassed somehow some way at some point the caliber of guests they still get on that show is fairly amazing and it's lots of good fun normally but for me the live episode this time it just didn't work when you're in the studio watching the recording it all seems to move quite quickly there's a lot of fun to be had in between the actual filming when they're setting things up that's the other thing as well it's quite a complicated show to set up because they have all the silly games and I don't know why they didn't make it more basic with the games on the live version they never gave themselves enough time to actually set up the games and for whatever reason it didn't quite work I think it did seem that Keith Lemon was so pleased to have Russell Brand on his show for the first 20 minutes he actually forgot that anything else was needing to go on so for me it didn't quite work sometimes these things do sometimes it doesn't it's a great idea and you think it'll be dangerous and edgy but Celebrity Juice does work best when it can be tightly edited and put together as a finished product afterwards it's a lot funnier and the thing with that as well is if you do go to record with celebrity juice you know you are going to see way more than ever gets on the telly makes you feel more special does make you laugh though i come out of both of those recordings with my face aching from laughter neil quigley i've left them the kooks and oola please welcome my guests on the show this morning and first up uh, it's celebrity mum and presenter gail porter good morning gail hello how are we? I'm fine, thank you very much. Do you know when I worked on radio, they always used to laugh when I said, and that was the kooks. <laughs> Say it again. It's very, it sounds was... very cute and Scottish. That was the kooks. <laughs> oh, we could we could have fun all day getting yeah. you say, you <laughs> say Scottish, Scottish words. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need to crack on. Right, so British children, they're helping out more around the house now, which has got to be it's a good positive thing. Why do you think the children nowadays actually you know, want to get involved with helping around the house? I think they realise, you know, that we don't spend as much time as we want with our children. So, you know, you get them up, get them ready for school, they're at school, pick them up. You've got lots of chores to do, they want to play. So it's trying, it's just, I think if you make fun with it, you know, we dance around, we put music on, we, she helps me hoover up and stuff, and we make it like a game. So it means we could spend more time together. And then if we do the chores together, she's got an extra hour of mummy's time on her own so we can read a book or we can watch a DVD at night time. And it's just kind of encouraging them. And I think children, you know, if you start teaching them when they're young, it's not a chore for them. It is just helping mum, having fun and sorting things out you know the dishwasher and my daughter absolutely adores putting the pink plates with the pink plates and and the mummy plates in, in a different pile and she thinks that she's, she's sorted out and helps with cooking and stuff so it is just making it fun for them i have to have music on when i'm doing the housework even now and try <laughs> and try and make it slightly fun and oh it, i know i'm exactly the same if, if i don't have honey for the day and i'm cleaning i have to have lots of very loud music on so i can at least sort of sing very loudly and very badly. I think that's the problem with working in radio and TV, though, because you're always constantly used to having noise around.
sound. Yeah, exactly. And I feel I feel really weird when I don't have any sort of noise around. Even sometimes if I put the TV on in the background just so that I can hear someone shouting at someone on some some talk show or something. If it makes you feel any better, I do it exactly the same do thing. You? Yeah. Excellent. I know you don't want to hear this as a mum, but they, she's going to leave home. No, she's not. She is going to leave home she's eventually. Not. She's not going to be a teenager either. Don't and, tell me those and look after vicious herself. lies. And you need to know, when you see um, in some people who, you know, they leave out, they leave home and they haven't got a clue how to, you know, they don't know how to turn the washing machine on, they can't even find the hoover. So it's good for future development as well. So you don't leave home and go into my, like, student accommodation and think, oh no, what do I do? <laughs> There's a fine line between uh, slave labour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just help it out. Neil Quigley. I've been a fan of Chris Moore since his Radio 1 days and I still listen when I can to his Radio X show. I have met him a couple of times over the years. The first time he would not have been aware of. The second time he was aware of it, but I would guess would not remember it. The first time, many, many years ago, when I was about 18 years old, I went for a tech op job at Chilton Supergold 828, which was based over at Dunstable in the same studios where Chilton Radio were. At the time, Chris was doing a network show across the GWR network, which came from Dunstable, which came from Chilton Radio. So I was in the AM studio, the 828 studio, while he was in the FM studio doing his show. The way the studios were set up there, and it was a bit of an odd setup, the FM studio kind of overlooked the AM studios. So I'm sort of in a dip, and he's up there in the FM studio. Now, I'm being shown reel-to-reel tapes. That's how they used to play in the links. They used to do reel-to-reel tapes and CDs. That's why I needed a tech op to play out the overnight shows on 828. That was the job I was looking at. I was looking at Chris, who was in the studio with the CD players, with his fancy microphone, and as you'd expect, he was giving it plenty of energy, giving it plenty of moving around, looked like he was having a good time, seemed to be a good vibe in there. So I'm not meaning to, but I probably am staring at him, I'll be honest, I guess I was, I would have been, I was fascinated. It was one of the first proper times I'd been in a radio studio. So he comes on the talkback, not to talk to me directly, just to tell the guy I'm with to pass on to me that he's not a fish in a fishbowl. So basically, stop staring. Having said that, it was a perfectly square box, which did look a lot like a fish tank, if I'm perfectly honest. So that was my first encounter with Chris Moyles. Him shouted at me indirectly through the guy who was interviewing me for a tech op job in Dunstable many, many years ago. For the record, I didn't get the job. Next time I properly met him was at a bookstore in Yeovil. I was working on the radio in Yeovil. He was doing the Radio 1 Breakfast Show and he was down in Yeovil on a book tour for his second book. He wrote two books in quite quick succession. One was pretty much a straight autobiography. The second one was kind of stories from the radio and a bit more modern, up-to-date things of the most recent couple of years of his career. So I was working, I was doing the afternoon show. He was in Yeovil from about midday to come and do this book signing. So I nipped out of work. I left my radio station to go up and queue outside the bookshop to get my copy of Chris Moore's book signed, which I did, but I did embarrass myself a little bit in the queue. I was a bit tired, I was a bit giddy, and I was a bit excited about meeting him. He was a radio hero of mine. I think he's brilliant. Thought he was fantastic then. That opinion's not changed. But I was waiting in the queue, and there was a couple of nurses in front of me, and he tried to joke with the nurses who were just in front of me, and I tried to join in with the joke. Ill-judged, misadvised, Probably not funny what I said. I'm not sure he heard it correctly. So instantly when I went up to see him, I think he already thought I was a bit odd. And just to compound that, I don't know why, but I thought it would be funny if I gave him a pen 
from the radio station. We had lots of branded pens, so I, in my hand, gave him one of our branded radio station pens. We had a chat. Obviously, he worked out that I worked at a radio station. I guess the pen may have helped with that. And he did ask if I'd give him a mention. And I know there's no way he would have been listening. And I know there's no way anyone would care if I particularly gave him a mention. Now, obviously, I couldn't go on my local radio show and say, big hello to Chris Moores, the Radio 1 Breakfast Show, who I've just met. I thought, well, that's not quite going to work. So instead, I just said hello to Chris from Leeds, who I've just seen, best of luck with your new book. I think that was fair enough. Now, I'm not sure if he ever recorded that mentioned on the radio and he's got it archived somewhere. I would guess he hadn't, and I would also guess he has no recollection of meeting me. But it was nice to meet him. He signed my book, shook his hand. Foolishly, I didn't get a photo, but I was always quite rubbish at getting photos back then. I've got better as I've got older, but there's so many people I've met who I should have got a photo of. I'll improve on that. So there's the two times I've met Chris Moyles in the past. Both times, well, he was exactly like you'd expect Chris Moyles to be, to be honest. I still do think he does an excellent job on Radio X and I'm not going to rule out meeting him again. Maybe the third time I meet him, we'll actually get round to having a pint, a cup of tea or a proper chat. Neil Quigley. I live in a town where there's a few well-known celebrities who live either in the town or on the outskirts. One of these is JK, the man behind Jamiroquai. He has lived here for quite a while now. He's got a very nice house just on the outskirts of the town where I live. Famously known for his love of cars and the fact he has lots of different spectacular and amazing cars. A really nice bloke. I haven't met him personally, but I know people who have seen him out and about around the town. He's happy to stop for a chat, especially if you want to talk about cars. He'll talk cars all day. Very friendly, very supportive of what's going on locally and a top bloke all round. This did happen once, though, several years ago now, probably not that long after he moved into the town, maybe, say, a couple of years after he'd been living there. I was going to the local pub with a couple of my mates. There's a pub on the high street. Walked up to the pub... As we're walking up to the pub, parked on some double yellow lines outside a Chinese restaurant is a car. Now, it's not just any car. It's a quite a spectacular car. It's a purple Lamborghini, which looks amazing. Now, bearing in mind, in this town, there is only one man who can have a car like that. So instantly, I walk past that car and I think, well, that's got to be one of JK's cars. That's got to be. It's just, it's amazing. It's immaculate. It's spectacular. It's a supercar. No one else could have that car. We go and sit in the pub and have a drink. We actually get a window seat. So as it happens, we're looking out over the car, basically. As we're there having a drink, about 20 minutes after we got there, we see a police car come round the corner and drive round past the car. Now, we all know it's parked on double yellow lines, so we think, well, the policeman probably going to stop, have a look at that. It's parked on double yellow lines. Not much goes on in this town. This could be quite excited. He might actually have something to do. No, the police car just drives on and keeps going and seems to ignore it. So we think, oh, well, that's a bit weird, but we still are in the pub. We're having a night out, so we're there having another drink. Another 15 minutes or so goes past. Police car comes back round. This time, the policeman in the car does stop, parks behind the Lamborghini, gets out and just has a quick look at the Lamborghini. You then see him proving that he could be potential CID material as he realises the person who owns this car is more than likely in the restaurant. So he heads into the restaurant and we're thinking, well, he's got to get a ticket. He's parked on double yellow lines. It's a ticket. He can afford it. No problem. A couple of minutes after the police officer's gone into the restaurant, out appears JK, comes out with him, and they walk over to the car. So we're thinking, okay, well, he's just going to give him a ticket, probably ask him to move it, no problem whatsoever. 
we're in the pub, it's late, we've got a good window seat. It's a bit of late-night entertainment. If you saw that happening with anyone, you'd have to watch, wouldn't you? We all can't help ourselves. If we see someone getting a ticket, we just have to watch. I know I do. So we were there just watching, expecting the policeman to write out the ticket, and there we go. The conversation between the two carries on and still no sign of the police officer getting his notebook out and then JK opens up the car it has those wing back doors the doors open upwards a bit like the DeLorean in Back to the Future those wing style doors so he opens those up and then before you know it the police officer is sat in the car he's just having to sit in the driver's seat still talking to JK all the time the police officer then gets out of the Lamborghini continuing the conversation you then see JK get into the Lamborghini and just round the side of this restaurant. There is a very small car park. It's very small. It's tiny. It's a bit rickety. It's not smooth tarmac. But JK moves his car around the corner into the car park. We expect the police officer to maybe follow him because he's still not giving him a ticket yet. But oh no, once JK has moved the car around, the police officer climbs back in his car, drives off. So for letting him have a quick sit inside his car, it would seem, it would appear anyway, unless we missed it, that he managed to avoid getting a parking ticket for parking on double yellows. I wonder if I'd have parked my Ford Fiesta outside and that had happened, whether with me letting him sit in my Ford Fiesta, the police officer may have not given me a ticket. I fear it could have been a different outcome. In JK's defence, though, if I had a car that nice and that expensive, I think I would want to park it somewhere where I could see it for a window while I was having my dinner. So I don't begrudge him that at all. Good luck to him. He also has some other cars that he drives around, one of which, which is brilliantly nondescript, I don't know if he's still got it, but he used to, like Stephen Fry has done. I think Ron Axer might have done this as well got a black cab so they can drive around in London pretty much unnoticed because let's face it there's quite a few black cabs there but it does stand out a bit more when he drives it around our town Neil Quigley I've worked in radio for over 20 years now and during that time I've done a lot of gigs as well discos compound events working with various bands I remember one birthday when I was down in Yeovil one December I ended up working actually on my birthday I was doing a big dinner and dance at a big venue they have down there, the Westlands Ballroom, no less, which was great, really good venue. It was a free course meal, I was the disco, and we had a sensational act on with us. None other than the Drifters were there performing with me. So the evening works out, I play some background music first of all, then everybody gets their food, so they get a nice free course meal, plenty of drinks, all good. I come on and do a little bit of the disco, just a bit of a warm-up for sort of 10-15 minutes, and then I get to bring on the Drifters, who I love. I think they're fantastic. So many big hits, such a great band, so good they sound. When I've got all the dance routines, it's really good. So I got to bring on the Drifters, and then the Drifters finished, and I finished the evening with the disco. It was a great night, good fun, a great way of spending my birthday. Who else gets to celebrate performing with the Drifters live on stage? It's a brilliant night, and they were fantastic. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. I am looking forward to receiving two trainers the same size from Amazon. Celebrity Juice will make me laugh again this week, I'm sure. I will one day meet up again with Chris Moyles. I'm sure our paths will cross at some point in the future. And I have to say, the Lamborghini that JK owned was amazing. As I said, that's it for this week. Have a great seven days. Take care. Be nice to each other. Have fun. Bye-bye.